Wednesday morning, we shine some disinfecting light on Illinois government. It's full disclosure with the Better Government Association. President and CEO David Greising is live with us again this morning. And David, good morning. Welcome back. Good morning. We need a bright spotlight tonight, this morning. <laughs> we absolutely do. And there is a lot to go through. So let's dive right into it. Big developments yesterday in this special investigative committee in the Illinois House, looking at House Speaker Mike Madigan and whatever connection he may have to the Commonwealth Edison bribery scandal. And David, I don't know about you, but I am shocked, shocked that this bipartisan committee that still happens to be controlled by Democrats uh, seems to now be slow walking this process and saying we're not going to reconvene or do anything more on this until after the November election. Right. And at the same time that the chair, Chris Welch, is doing that, he also is accusing his Republican colleagues on the panel uh, of political grandstanding uh, because they have, you know, they held a, a campaign press conference and he says, you can't really campaign for office while you're sitting on this committee, in essence. Uh, that's not true. And if anybody's playing politics with this committee, it does appear that uh, Chris Welch, a close ally of Mike Madigan, is doing so. This request for information from Commonwealth Edison is just beyond gratuitous. It goes back into the entire history, basically, of Commonwealth Edison's lobbying during the period in time, uh, the time in question of, of the consent agreement with uh, uh, with the U.S. Attorney's Office. And it seeks to drag into the spotlight past governors all kinds of legislators who have had dealings uh, with Commonwealth Edison over the years. And if this were a Freedom of Information Act request that a reporter would file, it would be rejected as unduly burdensome. It's just way too much information, way more than the committee can use. And it is a stalling tactic on the part of uh chairman chris welch of that committee it's been clear from the beginning he's going to try to make jim durkin an issue in this the house republican leader who brought this complaint and sought the investigative committee against his democratic counterpart mike madigan uh, because of the legislation that commonwealth edison was uh, seeking to get approved and uh, and has now admitted to doing favors for madigan allies to grease the wheels on that jim durkin also supported and touted his support for it and, and said that he and and uh, governor bruce Rauner were instrumental in getting it passed. And so Chris Welch's argument is, well, if you're going to hold Mike Madigan accountable for uh, for doing favors for Commonwealth Edison, maybe we better look and see what your relationship is with this leader, Durkin. Uh, for, for everybody on the outside looking in, it's exhausting. Uh, and David, as you noted, uh, we are in a, a campaign season and Republicans have made no secret for years of the fact that Mike Madigan is one of their main issues. They're running against Madigan's dominance of the legislature and of the Democratic Party. Uh, so that, you know, is not anything new, but neither does it really have anything to do with whether, in fact, Mike Madigan improperly used his position uh, to do favors for those who were doing favors for him and for his close friends and allies. Right. And there's going to this Durkin thing, there's no specific intimation that Durkin did anything wrong. It is the job of lawmakers to actually make laws, to pass legislation, to have relations with uh, bodies, companies, and others that are that are affected by the laws that they pass, et cetera. And there's nobody saying that, as they have in the Madigan case, as the U.S. Attorney's Office has in the Madigan case, that Durkin um, uh, leaned on Commonwealth Edison to get jobs uh, for some of his cronies, that he got ghost pay, ghost workers uh, benefits, that he got 
campaign workers for his political machine. None of that has been said about leader Durkin. So, um, sure, they can go look into Durkin all they want, but let's not lose sight of the fact that this all is stemming from a, uh, a cooperation agreement between the utility and the federal government, federal prosecutor up in Chicago. And that is what the committee is supposed to be looking into. Sure, it can look at the other stuff just to see if others were also doing something imp improper. But Speaker Madigan is and should be the focus of this committee. Uh, and um, ultimately, though, it comes down again to Mike Madigan and his dominance over the legislature and all of the, the levers of power. Uh, and right now, Republicans can howl. They can uh, jump up and down. But it doesn't seem like there's very much they can do to really move this until Chairman Welch reconvenes the committee, which he now says will not happen until November 5th, two days after the November election. We'll, we'll see if anything changes on that. Uh, but, David, at this point, it doesn't look like Republicans have any more power on this issue than they have on most issues in the Illinois House. Or it's similar to the Democrats' inability to stop the Supreme Court nomination in the Senate. They, the Republicans in the House uh, of Illinois don't have the votes to stop this. The real question is, OK, we know now it's going to go past Election Day before anything serious happens. The big question will be the subpoena of Mike Madigan, if that, in fact, happens. And, in fact, Governor J.B. Pritzker has called for Madigan to testify, and Madigan has refused so far to do so. And so Chris Welch can delay this until after the election, but the politics of this will become much more uh, uh, caustic after that if he continues to slow walk this in an effort to let the clock run out on the entire session. Because if the, if the session ends, then a new committee would have to be formed in January when the General Assembly, for the new General Assembly meets after the election. We'll continue to track this over the weeks to come. In the meantime, another issue that has been rolled out by Governor J.B. Pritzker, indicating this could be a big legislative priority for him, is criminal justice reform. A lot of this has to do with policing, and some police organizations are already pushing back, saying they were, weren't really consulted on this. One of the, uh, the, the things in this package that may get the most attention is the governor's determination to end cash bail in Illinois. Uh, David, give us the lay of the land on how this might progress. Well, uh, it, it certainly fits into uh, a call by the Legislative Black Caucus and the General Assembly to uh, to uh, address what's called the equity agenda. Criminal justice reform is a major part of what one would define as an equity agenda. There are other issues that need to be addressed, including uh, um, economic justice, et cetera. Uh, but this is an important uh, first step in that direction. I think the feedback that, that uh, was on your air just a few minutes ago from some downstate uh, law enforcement officers is very important to take into account. Uh, but Governor Pritzker seems to be addressing some of the big issues on the, on the agenda of criminal justice reformers, cash bail, which is deemed to be unfair to people of poor means, which tend to be minorities, um, uh, licensing the police so that a, a rogue cop can't just be protected by his or her union, but um, needs to actually be licensed by the state. That's a very important and somewhat controversial reform. Uh, updating of sentencing, sentencing guidelines, no-knock warrants. There are others. These these are kind of the the kind of the some of the major tenets of criminal justice reform. I'm a little bit surprised, frankly, by some of the complaints by the downstate uh, law enforcement officials because none of this comes as a surprise. These are big big ticket items that have been talked about really since uh, since this period of civil unrest began and even before then uh, 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 during the course of the last year.
We will watch that as well in the weeks to come. We've got to take a break here. We'll continue more full disclosure. David Grising, president and CEO of the Better Government Association, is here on the WMAY morning news feed. David, yesterday, uh, some news blurted out by a tweet by the president of the United States with some dramatic implications for Illinois, for local governments all around the state. The president saying he was unilaterally ending negotiations on a stimulus package for the time being and that nothing would happen uh, until he wins a re-election next month uh, for Illinois, for local governments around the state, for businesses around the state. Uh, they're hoping, uh, they're indeed uh, depending upon some additional federal relief. And while the president seemed to be walking some of that back a little bit late last night, this is still pretty ominous for government at every level here in Illinois. No doubt. Uh, the state of Illinois is depending on hundreds of millions of dollars in aid from the federal government. And this bailout bill, this can't, you know, next round of COVID relief money has just gotten stuck in Washington, D.C. politics, and it doesn't look like it's going to be freed up anytime soon. You're right, the President Trump, after basically calling off these talks, did kind of have some second thoughts apparently last night, as no doubt his party and others started leaning on him. There are a lot of uh, uh, races across the country, in the Senate especially, that will depend on some sort of movement, but the, it's a pretty wide gap between the two parties, uh, uh, Sp Speaker of the House Pelosi basically has put forward a $2 trillion package, and the Republican Party, led in the Senate, uh, is is wanting less than a trillion dollars total. And so that's, uh, that's a big gap to be bridged, and there's no sign that that's going to be done before Election Day. And obviously, again, the implications are enormous for that. Uh, and as we've been saying all day today, we'll have to keep an eye on it because there's a lot of things hanging and very little getting resolved right now, either in Illinois or in Washington. Uh, before we let you go, David, we want to point people to the BGA website, uh, one of the great services you provide, the PolitiFact Fact Check Service. And you've recently taken a look at some of the claims surrounding this uh, ongoing and very vocal debate uh, about the progressive income tax amendment that's on the ballot here in Illinois. Right. Uh, the anti-tax groups have claimed that basically, uh, you know, hundreds of small businesses would be really damaged by this uh, proposed graduated income tax. Um, this has been a centerpiece of the campaign against the tax. And what we did is we looked to see exactly what the effect would be. And frankly, many, many small businesses in the state of Illinois uh, file their taxes on what's called a pass-through basis. Basically, the owner of the tax includes the results of that business on his or her uh, tax form. And so the direct effect on the business is, is not uh, really measurable. And on top of that, many, many of these owners fall below the $250,000 threshold that is, that is uh, part of the law. That's where the taxes increase. The rest of the people below $250,000, uh, we are told by the governor, will have their taxes be the same or less than they are under the current flat tax structure. And so um, we uh, at the BlitaFact uh, unit of the BGA called the claims half true. Uh, some of the data just is not discoverable. And it's just uh, it, it just appears that this is part of the political campaign to defeat the graduated tax amendment. Go read the whole thing at bettergov.org. You can reach out to David Greising uh, anytime uh, through the rest of the week. D Greising, D-G-R-E-I-S-I-N-G, at bettergov.org. And, of course, here each Wednesday morning on Full Disclosure on the WMAY Morning News Feed. David, thanks so much. We'll talk soon. Thanks very much, Jim. Bye-bye.